Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And a welcome. This is the Investor Coaching Show. We talk money and investing and financial planning, retirement planning, and how to get to... Well, I'm just going to say it's my favorite article recently here. Michael Sharpneck, chartered financial consultant and retirement income certified professional and just general kind of nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Emphasis on the last part. Yeah, well, you know. There, there he is. Okay. <laughs> so, um, my favorite article recently is this uh, one from the Retirement Weekly, which is your standard of living is largely in retirement is largely determined by this surprising thing. Uh, you know, making sure that you can return on your investments, that you have not totally messed that up. It's stock and bond market returns, is basically what they say. In other words, Making sure that you uh, had decent returns on your retirement accounts, and you know that that's not what you often hear people talk about, which is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're usually talking about this tax, and we do talk, talk taxes and social security and and strategy and things like that. But you know, there is not a lot when it comes down to really just focusing on what academic research, which is outside of the sales process, has to say about investing. It's typically what annuity you ought to buy and why you ought to buy that and why you should buy this real estate investment trust and and what's going on in the market. What did the Dow do today? And the S&P 500, if I just hear that again, it makes me nuts. But anyway, so you know that that is one of the reasons that we spend so much time in just educating and dripping on you about education on investing because the more you understand this stuff, the less likely you are to be taken advantage of. Now, we had a workshop, and uh, we repeated it. And uh, you know, for people that wanted to, that couldn't catch the first time, and we're going to put that on the website as well. You know, just because it's something that I think everybody needs to see. It's about diversification. And uh, we refer to it as the delusion. Most people think they're diversified, but I would quite like to differ on my opinion on whether people are really diversified, especially when you look at how retirement plans at work are invested, target day funds and things like that. They're just not. I mean, just look at, they are not by any academic definition really well diversified when you look at the target day funds. Now, there there may be an exception out there that I have never seen in my 30 plus, many plus years of doing this for a living, but I'm I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been here about six years now. Probably looked at a couple hundred 401k plans, at least close to it, and never seen one that is as fully diversified as it should be. Yeah, and and that is, as a matter of fact, that uh, one 
when you said that, that one academic who won the Nobel Prize for Economics, Myron Schultz, I think it was, was asked that question one time. And he said he was looking at the portfolios that we use. And, and the person running the portfolio says, I believe this is as diversified as any Fortune 500 pension plan out there. And he says, stands up and he goes, I beg to differ. And you're thinking, oh, no. Uh, Nobel Prize winning economist is begging to differ with something I said. But what he said was, I think it's more diversified than anything that I have ever seen. And here's where it really gets down, where the rubber meets the road. Most of the plans do not have very good exposure to small companies. They don't have very good exposure to value companies. They don't have very good exposure to international, uh, especially in the areas of smaller companies uh, and more value-oriented companies, which is, you know, if you look back at the history of investing and you look at people like Warren Buffett, where did he make his claim to fame is in value investing, but you don't see it at all. So we re we ran that. That is going to be on the website. Yeah, it is can, already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can find it under the webinar section Fantastic. on the website and it'll be under past webinars. We put all the webinars that we've done that are still relevant. You know, if anything's out of date, we'll take it down obviously, but, but anything that's still relevant, you can find under that past webinar section there. Okay, so that's paulwinkler.com as you go. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, one of the things that, that we often talk about is is if you have a question on one of those webinars, we'll cover it here on the show. And there was a question that somebody asked in the webinar. Yeah, on the most recent one, you know, we're talking about um, going through some of the biggest fund companies out there and asking the question, are they diversified? And we're just looking at their website. And so many of these companies on their website are you know, saying they're doing active management, saying they're trying to make predictions about the market in the future. They're, they're breaking the rules of investing. They're not diversified. So someone on there said, well, I have this uh, particular account, um, paraphrasing the, the question here, but they called it a SAM account from LPL. Um, and they said, is, is that, do you know if those accounts are typically diversified? Okay. And SAM is, is an acronym. Yeah. So I had to look it up. I didn't know it off the top of my head. Um, but looked it up, and it stands for Strategic Asset Management, uh, which is a particular product, really, that LPL has um, that allows advisors to use kind of pre-built portfolios from, uh, from LPL. So when I worked as a broker like that and work for a broker dealer, one of the things that we would do is go, we'd go to conventions all over the place, and they would have this huge room, monster, monster room. And you would have all these vendors. And typically what happened at these conferences is these companies would actually pay for us to be there. They would pay for their hotel rooms. They would pay for our meals in exchange for having the ability to market to us is how it worked. So you would go up and down the aisles and you get squeeze balls and you get little pens and you get, you know, all the little trinkets that they had at these things. And you were just you were given free reign to walk through. And yeah, and the, what we would do is we would go and sit through a workshop on a certain topic, whatever it may be, some tax law or something like that. And then you would be given two, three hours just to wander. And they were great fun. I always enjoyed these conferences. It was really fun just to kind of talk with people and mix around and, and see, especially as a young advisor, I didn't know anything. I didn't even pretend to know anything. So it was a learning experience. What's out there? And what would happen is you'd have these companies trying to market to you, and this would be an example of such a, uh, such a company. And they would market to you. And the broker-dealer, that's the investment firm. Uh, think Merrill Lynch, think Raymond James, think Edward Jones, think you know, uh, 
Buck, or, or what is it? Who is this one particular one? L- L- LPL. LPL, LPL, Linsco Private Ledger. Um, so yeah, they um, that would be a company that you would go and, and they would have these products. So uh, one of the things they would do is say, hey, you know, this is one, this is one of our preferred uh, vendors out there, check out, and you may want to recommend their products to your clients. So, and then they'll educate you about their products. So that was what they're talking about here is an asset management program. Uh, sometimes we call them uh, turnkey asset management programs, uh, TAMPs. And uh, so, so basically what happens is that you are recommending this to your clients. Now, the question is, what are you choosing? How, as the advisor, how are they choosing? What do they know? What is their philosophy of investing going into this? Mm-hmm. And two investment philosophies. So, Michael, you know, basically the two investment philosophies that we talk about for, for people are what? Yeah. So, you know, the first, which is what most in the investment industry are following, which is called markets fail. And it basically means, okay, if there's mispricings in the market, the market is not pricing stocks correctly, then you can go out and find those mispricings and you can make predictions about where it's going to go and what's going to happen. And you can move your money around to take advantage of that. Yeah. And that's the idea is that there is a mispricing and you have better information because of you know, whatever, uh, you have better intel, mm-hmm. and then you're going to take that in information that you have, and then you're going to apply it in order to buy that thing at a lower price than what it's really worth. And when the market finally figures it out and goes, oh, by, by George, Michael was right. Uh, and then all of a sudden the price goes up to what it's actually supposed to be worth, then you've made money. That's the idea of markets fail. That you know, we can go out and do research and we can figure out what is selling for less than what it's really worth or what's selling for more than it's worth and get rid of that things that's selling for more than what it's worth and make money that way. So that's one. Right. And it's based on that idea that you are smarter than everyone else in the market out there, basically combined. Yeah. There's no ego involved though. Right. Right. <laughs> and I say that a little bit facetiously, but that, that leads it into the, the second you know, a view of the market, the markets work, which is it's just simply that markets are efficient. They price things correctly. All, all the information out there is built in to the prices. And so that means that we just ride the waves. You ride the waves of it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean that it's always. Uh, right. So you'll have strong and weak form. And what we don't believe in is a strong form, which is that there are absolutely never missing mispricings any place because obviously something happens where information comes out and says, oh, you know what, we were wrong about that. And that can happen. Uh, a good example of that would be the year 2000, you know, the tech bubble. Uh, you know, there was really no talk that things were overpriced by any stretch of the imagination because technology was doubling like every 18 months. And because of that, the sky was the limit as to what earnings could grow to. It wasn't until new information came out and they said, no, uh, it's actually no, no, it's, that's not going to happen. But it was only after the fact, two, three, four years, five years hence, that people said, oh, it was obviously overpriced at that particular point in time. So that it would be strong form. Weak form would say, you know, it's only after the fact that we know. And, and uh, you know, if you and what's the evidence behind that? professional managers and their inability to get returns that are above markets. So so that's those are the differences between those two. Okay, so this is a long answer to a short question, 
But what did you, what were the types of things that you found, Michael, when you were looking through the program brochure regarding this particular asset and strategic asset management? Number one, when I hear that term, let me just say that it's a red flag to me already. Uh, you, you know, you, you'll have tactical asset allocation, which is market timing and disguise, as we call it, strategic that can be loaded. Sometimes it may, sometimes you'll do something that's strategic, which is I'm rebalancing a portfolio strategically and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So you really have to dig into the program brochure to determine what they believe their job is. So what did you find when you were looking through this? Yeah, well, the first thing is that there's a lot of options available. So it's hard to just lump the program as a whole into one you know, blanket statement. The the advisor has a lot of different options available. So it's really going to depend a lot, number one, on, you know, what that particular advisor's view, like we talked about, you know, what their philosophy is and how they're utilizing the products available within the program. So what, so what they, they have different things and they seem to be nuanced from, from, and it seemed to be all in this particular instance, uh, but but I think this is this is instructive for people not only looking at this program, but I just think in general, when you are reading one of these programs, we're just going to walk through some of the language that is in this. And mm -hmm. if you see language that is similar, this should be a red flag to you. So this is a way of you actually going in and looking for things and what to look for, because people always say, I don't even know what to look for. Well, this is part of it. If you're looking for red flags in regards to whether the investment philosophy is a markets fail, a gambling type of an approach, as I would put it, to investing, here are some of the red flags. So, uh, you know, number one, you know, they're talking about that they're going to be in providing investment advice and management of assets on the account. Now, they have a strategic program and they have in here, they have a three to five year time horizon is what they say. So, Kind of, Michael, what were the red flags in this language in this particular paragraph to you? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things they're, they're saying here is they're going to take advantage of market opportunities um, that LPL research believes will occur or persist throughout that time frame. So lots of, lots of weasel words right there. That opportunities, we're looking for opportunities. We're looking for something that is selling for less, kind of re between the lines for, right. than what it's really worth. And we're going to jump in and buy it because it's an opportunity. Think of it that way, that they believe will occur. So what is that? Will occur prediction about the future. It can't get any more clear than that is really what what we're saying right there and or that they're going to persist throughout the time frame well what's the time frame big whoop three to five years <laughs> that's a pretty short time frame uh number one big red flag right there and uh well, let's just keep going because there are a few other things i think be instructive and when you're reading brochures and you're reading prospectus uh, the prospectus is on, and some people say, you know, I, one of the talk show hosts on, on TN said to me one day, but I'm not going to read that. I know you're not, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, if you're not going to read it, I want you to know it's there and it's buyer beware. If you didn't read it and you go through what I think you're going to end up going through when you deal with active management, because it's the, the statistics are bad. 92, 95% of professional managers getting lower returns, taking more risk, getting lower returns. And sometimes the return differences are huge. Mm -hmm. I gave an example 
I don't know. Did you, you hear that last the week last week at all? I don't think uh, I did hear okay. that one. So so one of the things I did, I, I was talking about with Evan. It was I was talking about a uh, where they were actually walking through. I was walking through what I was looking for at in a particular fund, and I found the alpha data that was negative six. And I said, that's basically telling you your return should have been 6% higher based on the risk that was being taken. That was one fund. One fund was over 7%. Uh, the, the best fund amongst what the person actually owned was a negative alpha of it was just under 1%. That was the best. So in effect, what you don't really realize until it's too late is that your returns were way, and you take a 2% difference over a 20-year period. You're talking about a 40% difference in accumulation. Mm -hmm. Think about your income, whatever it is. Let's say that it's $50,000, just use a nice round number. And if your income is 40% less, you're at 30,000, okay? So just think in terms of that and saying, what if, now it's not just 2%, but six? Oh my goodness, insane, huge deal, big deal. So that was one, strategic. The second one was second one was tactical is what is what they said here and talk about that yeah so it says they're using um, tactical strategies they're designed to help take advantage of short midterm long term one week and as long as five years yeah I liked what they said <laughs> I like the beginning of the sentence in that they're they're more flexible they're more flexible yeah yeah that that sounds good doesn't it yeah. I, I mean you know blessed are the flexible <laughs> for they will not uh, will not be broken. Wait a minute. I think maybe I would take exception in this particular case because you can be maybe not broken, but broke. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. So they, I mean, they use a lot of words like that that sound good, right? And and that's kind of to that point of, of reading the prospectus. It's like, if you know what to look for, you can kind of skim it. You don't have to read every detail, but you right. can skim it and see they're talking about taking advantage of these short and midterm. Well, if you're making moves based on even mm -hmm. a one year, even the, they say up to five years, that sounds like a long time. But like you said, in the grand scheme of market history, we're talking hundreds of years is what you should be basing your moves on, not five years. And, right. And, and yeah, in the first one with the strategic one, which is the one we would say had less trading in it, had all the red flags as well. This mm -hmm. one has this one's even worse. Mm -hmm. It's using the word tactical which is, as we often teach in the workshops that we teach, that is, it's code for, for market timing. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're saying in here, is trading is notably more frequent. That is it right there. Anytime you see trading like that, you think, oh, they're buying and selling. Who's paying for that? It may not be, and, and it won't be. A lot of that cost is not going to be in your management fee. It is going to be over and above your management fee. And they actually talked about bid offer spread cost because they have to. <laughs> they have right. to disclose it right. you know, in this. But you may be going, oh, I don't know what that is. Well, think when you go to a store and you buy a product. When you buy that product, you're paying a higher price than the store did because they've got to make a profit. So what happens is every time you buy and sell in this particular instance, you are actually paying a markup or you're getting a markdown because they know they're going to have to resell it. So they're going to mark it down for you. It's like these commercials for, you know, when you look at gold and things like that. 
got all these commercials and there's the whole world's gonna fall apart and you need to buy gold well if the whole world's gonna fall apart why are you selling gold why don't you guys just keep it for yourselves? Uh, because we make a markup and you know what? We kind of like the dollars that we make when we make that markup on selling you that gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're looking for short-term opportunities. Uh, hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.